Hello, friends. Hello, colleagues. Hello, listeners. It's time for another episode of the Platinum Business Break podcast. And today's episode is sponsored by Platinum Business Consulting. And today's episode is entitled The Way Business Should Be, Part 8. All right, this one's going to hit you, hit you hard. Leaders must be engaged. Yes, I said it. Leadership must be engaged. This is Season 3, Episode 17, so we're going to jump right in because it's going to hit you between the eyes, okay, like most episodes do. Once again, I'm going to review the Gallup 2022 Workplace Survey. Now, another one is about to come out uh, this fall, and I'm sure, uh, in fact, what I'm hearing is the numbers are the same or actually worse. So let's recap. The Fall 22 Gallup Workplace Survey says this, 35% of U.S. employees are engaged, and it's trending down, which means 65% of U.S. employees are disengaged, that's trending up. 15% of U.S. employees are actively disengaged, and that's trending up. And what is actively disengaged? That means they're so checked out, they're sabotaging your business, either intentionally or unintentionally. So with that, think about it. If you have 100 employees, it's 15. 15 people. If you have 50, that's eight. If you have 10 people, probably two people in your organization are actively disengaged. All right, so if you're a business owner, if you're a business leader, if you're a management team, you have to pay attention to this. Now I'm going to go over an article I found online. Uh, this was uh, from the HR director um, by Seymour Adler, a PhD, is a senior partner at Concentric. I found this. This is actually a little older article, but it's uh, pretty good. It says, The Corrosive Impact of Disengaged Leaders. And it was uh, dateline 18 February 2021. And the article is going to talk about corrosive leadership. And I'm just going to read from the article. Uh, Research has conclusively demonstrated that leaders have a disproportionate impact on team engagement. All right, concentric research across hundreds of organizations and millions of employees has shown that when compared to engaged leaders, disengaged leaders have on average nearly double the number of disengaged employees. In addition, our research has reportedly found a strong empirical correlation between leader and team engagement scores. Disengagement leaders become role models for the disengaging attitudes, in part by focusing their teams on the most negative aspects of the work environment. Wow. Now that is hard hitting. I've seen this in most places that I've worked. All right. The article continues. Our research has also shown that disengaged leaders actually neutralize the effectiveness of HR practices that are designed to create positive experiences and favorably impact employee engagement and motivation. Some examples. Even when they are formally honored in an employee recognition program, Employees working for disengaged leaders show no subsequent bump in engagement. Similarly, even after a promotion, employees on teams led by disengaged leaders show no increase in engagement. Employees working for disengaged leaders show no increase in engagement even when receiving a full bonus award. In contrast, employees working for engaged leaders show an increase in engagement even when getting a somewhat disappointing bonus award. All right, listen, you got to be engaged if you are not engaged as a leader. That's not only to your employees, but to your customers as well, okay? 15 signs of a disengaged leader. So check this out. So, so start making a little checklist and see if this is you or anyone on your team. And again, I'll say it. I'll say it out loud. 
if you have someone on your team who doesn't fit what you're trying to do, you have to get rid of them, especially if it's in disengaged leader, manager, or whatever. It's just going to weaponize the disengagement, and it's going to make things bad. And that's why things don't improve. You know, a lot of a lot of people I talk to that work in business, you know, it's it's business is tough right now, and they cannot figure out why it's tough. Well, part of it is you look to leadership. If, if the employees, if the frontline employees are having a hard time, it's because the leaders are disengaged. They're not showing any leadership. Uh, they're just showing up, and it's very, very dangerous. So here's 15 signs that you could look for in your organization. All right, number one, lack of communication. Disengaged leaders often fail to communicate effectively with their team. They may not provide clear instructions, updates, or feedback. They might avoid team meetings or one-on-one discussions. Man, I've seen this one a lot. Number two, low energy and enthusiasm. A disengaged leader may appear apathetic, unenthusiastic, or lack energy when it comes to their work and responsibilities. Their lack of enthusiasm can be contagious and affect the team morale. And also, I'll kind of add to that, um, also, if there's problems in the company, you know, if you're losing customers and your leaders aren't getting mad, you know, they're just kind of, oh, well, you know, it, it'll be okay. <laughs> and I'm sorry. That's a sign of a disengaged leader. Number three, absence or inconsistency. Disengaged leaders might frequently miss work, show up late, or leave early without a valid reason. Their inconsistency can create uncertainty and frustration among team members. Again, when I see this, I see this as they uh, travel a lot. Um, they're not uh, easily accessible you know, with their phone or their email. Uh, they're playing a lot of golf, and they're just doing a lot of busy work. So they're not getting in the trenches. They're not getting their hands dirty. So I see that quite a bit. Number four, micromanagement. On the flip side, some disengaged leaders might micromanage their teams excessively because they don't trust their team's abilities. This can stifle creativity and demotivate employees. Number five, lack of vision. Disengaged leaders may not have a clear vision for the team or organization's future. They might not set long-term goals or provide direction leaving the team feeling aimless or helpless. This is probably the biggest one that I see is people in leadership roles. Again, they're, they're disengaged. They're not providing any direction, and, and they should be. Because if you start losing the hearts of your team member, then you're going to lose their mind, okay? you got to have their hearts and their minds. And if they don't have a vision, if they don't have a reason for getting up in the morning and coming to work, all right, that's a problem. All right, number six, avoidance of conflict. Disengaged leaders often avoid addressing conflicts or issues within the team. They may not step in to mediate disputes or provide solutions when problems arise. Very, very common. I hear this from a lot of mid-level managers. Uh, they escalate problems to their boss, who's typically a you know, VP level or higher, and they get a lot of lip service, but they get nothing. So it continues to make their job more difficult, all right? Number seven, decreased productivity. When leaders are disengaged, it can lead to a decrease in overall team productivity. Team members may lack motivation to perform at their best if they don't feel supported by their leader. True that. All right, number eight, high turnover. A disengaged leader can contribute to high employee turnover rates. When team members are unhappy and feel unsupported, they're more likely to seek opportunities elsewhere. And again, you've heard the saying, people don't quit companies, they quit managers or they quit leaders, all right? Number nine, neglect of professional development. Disengaged leaders may not invest in the professional development of their team members. They may not provide opportunities for skill building or career growth. But I'll even go one further. They're not even, they're neglecting 
you know, pro professional development on themselves. So if you have a leader who's not reading books or going to seminars or trying to improve themselves, that's a problem too. They're just going through the motions, folks. Number 10, emotional detachment. Disengaged leaders often appear emotionally detached from their team members. They may not show empathy or concern for their team's well-being. You would think that post-COVID that would not be true, but it's even more true today. Again, I, I hear this from frontline employees or middle management that, you know, they have some personal issue and their leaders, their leadership seems just indifferent to, their, to their, what's going on in their life. So that's very important. Number 11, blame shifting. Instead of taking responsibility for failures or challenges, disengaged leaders may blame their team members or external factors. They don't take ownership of the leadership role. And again, I see this where when problems come up, instead of addressing it to the right area, it gets batted back down to the person who's bringing up the issue. Okay, so that's another form of blame shifting. Number 12, resistance to change. Disengaged leaders may resist change in new ideas, preferring to stick with the status quo even when it's not effective. This can hinder innovation and adaptability. Again, see this a lot. Um, it's just easier to keep doing the same thing over and over and over. Um, there's a book, I can't remember the author, but it's what you did to get you here will not get you there or something like that. Um, again, change is the only constant. So if you have a leadership who's not embracing change or not open to change, that's a problem. They're disengaged. Number 13, decreased employee morale. The overall morale of a team can suffer when the leader is disengaged. Team members may feel undervalued, unappreciated, and demotivated. Again, I hear this oftentimes. Someone says, yeah, I'm on, I'm on Joe Island, or I'm, I'm on my island by myself. Um, and, and that's a very lonely feeling, especially in, in these days where there's a lot more remote work. If you don't have an engaged leader, um, you feel by yourself. You feel like you're the only one really doing anything. So, again, uh, an engaged leader will decrease employee morale. Last two. Number 14, poor decision making. Disengaged leaders may make hasty or ill-informed decisions due to lack of attention and care. These decisions can have negative consequences for the team and the organization. And can you say money? Yes, it's costly. Poor decision-making is a sign of disengaged leadership. Number 15, last one, disinterest in team development. A disengaged leader may not invest in team-building activities, training, or initiatives aimed at improving team dynamics. And I, I think the main reason for that is if you get a team together and you start breaking down issues, it's going to commit you to be more engaged, right? So let's not have any meetings. Let's not Let's not have people communicate. Let's don't bring up issues. Therefore, I don't have to work more and I could just remain under the under the radar. Okay. That and I've seen that a lot as well. So again, disinterest in team development. All right. Leadership is a contact sport. Yes, you have to be out with your folks. You have to talk to them. And I remember during COVID, uh, one company I was working with, and we had daily meetings. Like like during the first like two months or three months of COVID, I was having daily meetings with the team. Why is that important? Because they felt connected, especially those who were always going to an office and all of a sudden, oh, we're not going to the office anymore. They felt very alone. So leadership is a contact sport. And that's also with customers. Again, I've said this in other podcasts. I've seen where, where some leaders, they will not engage customers, either at trade shows or make sales calls or any kind of a call. Again, your customer is the one paying the bills. Leadership should be engaged with customers as well. Plus, they're going to get great feedback, right? All right, so I'm going to give you 
12. Not one, not two, but 12. Again, 12 ways how to be an engaged leader in business. Right, number one, lead by example. You have to demonstrate the qualities and behaviors you expect from your team. Wow, that makes common sense. Show commitment, work ethic, and a positive attitude. Hey, you show up. You want your team to show up early, you show up early. If you expect them to work late, you work late, all right? Number two, communicate effectively. Oh, that's one of the biggest ones. I did a podcast, several podcasts ago on communication. Um, that is, I think, one of the just biggest issues. Again, poor communication leads to chaos and confusion. All right, so with that, communicate effectively. Be open and transparent in your communication. Encourage open dialogue and active listening within your team. Provide regular feedback and guidance to your team members. All right, communication is two ways. Also, communication also means listening. Leaders have to listen as well, right? Number three, build trust. Act with integrity and consistency. Keep promises and maintain confidentiality when necessary. Trust your team members to make decisions and take on responsibilities. A trusting environment is one of growth, is one of collaboration, is one of creativity. I see oftentimes teams where there's no trust. And I think I mentioned this on another podcast. I was with an organization and uh, I was uh, hired to be part of the leadership team. The very, very, first, like within weeks, I was involved in a leadership meeting um, and it was an offsite deal. Well, the facilitator came in and he said, hey, we're going to continue this trust discussion we've been talking about for the last year. <laughs> so I bumbled into this uh, leadership situation where there was no trust in the leadership. You know, if I would have known that, I probably wouldn't have taken the job. But anyway, you got to have trust, okay? Number four, foster a positive work environment. Create a culture of respect, inclusivity, and appreciation. Celebrate achievements and recognize the contributions of your team and address conflicts and challenges promptly and constructively. Really what that's saying is you got to have a safe environment to speak out, to have differences of opinion. I've worked in, I've worked for companies where, you know, you, you, you have a, you know, just an idea that's different and you are, you are ostracized. You think a little bit different, you're ostracized. That, that's terrible. So you got to have a positive work environment, encouraging work environment for new ideas. And it's got to be a safe space, a safe place. Okay. All right. Number five, develop relationships, get to know your team members and personally and professionally. Okay, show empathy and understanding toward their needs and concerns. Build strong working relationships based on trust and mutual respect. Now, the one thing about leadership, it's really hard, especially if you're a manager, director, VP, or whatever, you know, you still have that line. Um, you know, how close should you get to your employees? And obviously, you know, there's, there's HR concerns there, uh, you know, with relationships. But I think really... You, you, you've got to be close enough to know they can come to you, but you also have to be enough separation in case you have to give some bad news or if you have to discipline, okay? It's hard to discipline your friends, so that's kind of a tough one, but you could still get to know your people, you know, when their birthdays are, what their kids are doing, if they, you know, if they have a parent pass away or a sibling pass away or something like that, um, that's good to know all that stuff. All right, number six, support professional growth. Provide opportunities for skill development and advancement. Encourage continuous learning and offer resources for self-improvement. Help your team members set and achieve career goals. Now, again, if you're a leader, you have to be doing that as well. And if you're doing that, they will emulate what you are doing. Okay. And I also think, too, it's not only just personal, you know, career goals, but you know, what's financial goals. I think that's an important discussion because I worked at a company a long time ago 
where we had a, it was in a manufacturing um, environment. And one of the guys, you know, he wanted to make, you know, more than the plant manager. And I said, you know, you're, you're not going to do that in this role. If you want to make more money, you have to take on more responsibility. That means you might have to relocate. That means you might have to get additional training or education. Now, at that time, the company was offering a tuition reimbursement program, and it was if it was work-related, and that also extended to trades. So that person went on to get some specialized training, and they actually received several promotions. Now, that's just the reality. I think you have to have those those financial discussions just to make sure there's no false expectations on compensation, and they are, you know, achieving their financial goals, right? That's all I'm saying. All right, next one. Number seven, empower and delegate. Delegate tasks and responsibilities to your team members, giving them ownership. That is so important. Trust your team to make decisions and solve problems independently. Offer guidance and support when needed, but avoid micromanagement. But the big thing here, too, is give them the tools, um, you know, I'm, I wear this one out. It's, you know, execute the basics flawlessly, make it easy for customers to do business. Same thing, make it easy for your team to make decisions because that's what you hire them to do. You know, oftentimes we hire people with all this experience and we, we don't tap into it. We don't look to them as the expert, right? We somehow we hire them and then all of a sudden I guess they're dumb now because they're part of our team. I, I see this all the time where where, where we hire someone with a lot of experience and we do not tap into that. You got to start doing that, folks. Empower and delegate. All right, number eight, be adaptable. Embrace change and be willing to adapt new circumstances and challenges. Now, we said that earlier. One of the signs of a disengaged leader is resistance to change, right? All right, lead by example and accepting change and finding innovative solutions. Again, you have to emulate how you want your employees to do. They're going to do what, what you do. Again, if you're if you're taking off work all the time, if you're uh, expensing personal stuff on a company credit card or whatever, they're going to say, hey, that's okay. You have to lead by example. You have to be adaptable. Now, COVID should have taught us that, right? You have to be adaptable. Number nine, set clear goals and expectations. Right? That, that's basic management, folks. Define clear objectives and performance expectations. Ensure that your team understands their roles and responsibilities provide regular updates on progress, and provide guidance on priorities. Now, again, this part of this is, you know, do you have monthly one-on-ones? Do you have quarterly meetings? Uh, you know, a lot of companies that I've worked with and worked for, they only have annual reviews, and then the employee is shocked or surprised when they were told they were doing a bad job. That, that should not happen. When you come to your annual review, if you do those, you, you, you shouldn't be a surprise. Now, I'm not a fan of annual reviews. I think during the year you should have frequent checkups or one-on-ones with your team members that you directly manage. Um, and that that's just mid-course correction, right? That, you know, again, the leadership is a contact support. Management is a contact support. So if you have people, you have to work with them constantly, all right? So that's all I'm saying on that one. Uh, number 10, show appreciation. Recognize and reward the efforts and achievement of your team. Express gratitude and acknowledge the value of each team member brings. And again, this can't be some, you know, fake praise. Oh, Thanks for everything you do. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. You know, show them. Okay, you know, maybe it's a gift card. Maybe it's a it's a day off. Maybe it's supporting them when they really need support. You know, that's a way of showing appreciation is having their back. Okay, again, just as as a employee, I have that's that would have been just as important to me as a, a as an award is knowing that my manager or my leader had my back. 
Okay, last two. Number 11, lead with purpose. Communicate a compelling vision and mission for the organization. Wow, I say that all the time. If you listen to my podcast, you know vision, mission, core values. That's where it starts. It starts with leadership. Connect the work your team does to the larger purpose of the company. That's what's called painting the vision, folks. Help your team understand how their contributions make a difference. Man, this is so important. You have to lead with purpose. As uh, my friend and mentor John Maxwell says, business or organizations rise and fall on leadership, and that is so true. All right, number 12, be resilient. Stay composed and positive in the face of challenges. Demonstrate resilience and encourage your team to bounce back from setbacks. Now, some people are going to say, oh, you know, we, we have to have transparent leadership. We, we, you have to be vulnerable. You know what? I disagree with that. Um, you know, that's wimpy management. If, if, if your company, if you're an organization and something goes down bad, they don't want to see the leader, the CEO up there crying in a, in a handkerchief or on a Kleenex. They want, they want someone tough who's going to go, all right, we're going to, you know, they, you, you have to show strength because that's what your team members need. If you are weak, they're going to be weak. Okay. So during times of stress, during, during times of trouble, you have to be the strong one. I know again, people are, I'm going to get hit hard on this one, but I don't care because I disagree. You can't be a wimpy leader. All right. Because there are, there are times when leaders have to lead you have to step up and go you have to be the first one marching up the hill with the sword okay that's just that's part of leadership all right because if you're not going to do it no one's going to follow that's all i'm saying all right again i'm going to get emails on that but uh, i don't care all right that's it that is uh again season three episode 17 the way business should be part eight leaders must be engaged and listen if you are having problems in this area Platinum Business Consulting can help. We are certified leadership coach and training through the John Maxwell organization. Plus, been doing this 35 plus years. If you if that's a if that's a blind spot or weak spot in your organization, or you want to have some leadership development, you want to start growing the next generation of leaders. We can provide workshops and curriculum and training programs for that. All right. So you have to reach out to us again. That's PlatinumBusinessConsulting.com or info at PlatinumBusinessConsulting.com. We'd love to hear from you. But if we don't hear from you, we can't help you. Anyway, again, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye.